Folks, we are one foot in Division 2. I'm going to give all the permutations, all the promotion possibilities and all the talking points from today's marvellous, excellent, business-like, ruthless, efficient win over Antrim in episode 189 of Loud and Proud Talking Points podcast. But first, Oasis. Sing it loud, proud today. Yeah, so the usual, I'm going I'm to do the usual where I give the flow of the game, we're going to um, go through all the talking points. You won't hear from Mickey or the players again because of the GPA um, silencer, I'm going to call it. And then we, something different at the end as well. We're going to hear from Theresa Hannerty from the Stabana. She's going to fill us in on the draw. There's still time to get tickets for their draw, win a wedding or 20 grand. Um, really good chat with Theresa. Just gets the whole kind of nook and cranny of Stabana Club. So we're going to enjoy that chat towards the end as well. And then we'll also just have a little little kind of run around over the miners, over the hurlers and the camogiers. Uh, over the weekend, but <coughs> right, just just to kind of clarify, and now I kind of got a little bit ahead of myself um, on the Instagram page. You can look at it there. We we're going through myself and Colin Corrigan that uh, that we were more or less up, but I forgot about pesky Limerick. Look at we. I I I want to say this like without getting too far ahead of myself or coming across cocky or as a loud burst coming across coming across. Um, that we're taking the piss or anything, because very far from that, very respectful of the divisions and fate and jinxing us and the whole lot. But the fact that we, the fact that we could lose next week against Wicklow and still go up, is the reason why uh, we've won foot in in um, Division Two. Obviously, we we go we go down and we do our business and complete the job and get eleven points. No other team can get eleven points with a win over Wicklow, and we're top. Grand, we're true, we're up to up to up the table, no problem at all. But if we lose, and obviously Westmead and Antrim play each other, so they're on seven points. They'll both have nine points if we lose. Would two of us be on nine points? Whoever, if it's Antrim or Westmead. From that game, and obviously we we beat Antrim head to head today. That's how crucial and significant the win was today, and we beat Westmead head to head also. But Limerick on eight points. If they if they win, obviously they get ten points. They would t- go over ahead of ahead of us, but we would still go through, um, because there'd be only two teams go head to head second place. If they draw and get nine points, which did they draw from Anna get land at nine points and Westmead or Antrim win and we lose? The three of us are nine points, so it comes down to score difference, and our score difference would mean we're the toward out of those teams that will go through. So that's where, it, bar a scenario of score difference, though that unlikely scenario of score difference, we are more or less true. Look at Antrim could draw with Westmead as well. We could still lose, and um, Fermanagh could still draw with Limerick, and we could still go through as well. So it's still, still that because we beat Limerick on the head to head. Um, so it's 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 that unlikely scenario that that has to come to pass. But in saying that, you like think we just go down and get the job done against um, Wicklow and Ockram next Sunday on Mother's Day. What a great present to all the mothers out there in Loud that we do get the job completely done. Um and what a what a season. Like 
what a season it would be. I'm not going to talk about that in the review. Uh, I'm going to talk about that hopefully next week. Um, but I'm going to re- do a review, regardless of what happens, to be a review of the league campaign shortly after next Sunday anyway. But just to, to get back to on-field matters that, that went on today, put, put the permutation aside for one minute, maybe one week, and look at the way we won today. Um, like the usual, the flow of the game. And it was kind of predicted, uh, when we went, I went through it on the My Team podcast, I usually do this, where I would go with permutations as well. It, it was the scenario that um, Conor Early wasn't going to make it, or Conor Grimes wasn't going to make it back. And neither made it back to fitness. And it was a case of where or who's going to fill in where. Will John Clutterbuck come into the side? Will Bevan Duffy go back in the middle of the field? Will John Clutterbuck go as that loose player? Will he go straight in the middle of the field? Will Liam Jackson partner Tommy Dorn in the middle of the field with Conor Early out? Uh, and, and the way it came to pass was the loud team that started today was James Callaghan goals, Donald McKenney right full, Bevan Duffy full back, Dan Corcoran left full, Leonard Gray right half, Niall Sharkey centre half, and left half back where number 10 was Colin McKeever. We want to talk about him in the talking points, I'll tell you that much. Tommy Dornan, he was in the middle of the field anyway. But who partnered him on the day? John Clutterbuck. On the right wing, staying in that more advanced position was was Liam Jackson. Samuel Roy on the 40 and Craig Lennon on the left wing from the Moctis. Inside, Darren McConnell made his first loud start ever on home turf in RD. Full forward was Kieran Downey and then left corner forward was Ryan Burns. So that was the starting team. So look at the way it kind of worked out. That's, that's nearly the way Loud's the way, the way Loud is playing and it works out really well in terms of pace, mobility and fluidity across the like Darren McConnell, Kieran Downey, Ryan Burns could play all across that forward line now. Sam can float inside with Kieran Downey. Um Liam Jackson going in the middle of the field. John Tuttleman going to half back then. Now Shag going and playing half forward. Colin McKeever where where's the half forward jersey? Um Craig Lennon as well. Leonard Gray also. And then Bevan can play anywhere now at this stage. Uh, bar the goals and then Don McKenney and Dan Cork there are two man markers inside maybe Ryan Bourne's that one kind of out and out inside forward but even so he has to do so much work around the field as well but we're fluid we're, we're multifunctional and we're we're like <coughs> we're developing a great panel like even when you consider all the injury players like the lads that weren't even togged out today Conor Grimes Owen Callaghan Kieran Keenan Anthony Williams uh, Colin McCall Dermot Campbell Jesus, that is serious depth. And like lads come off the bench, Darren Alley came off the bench, Tom Jackson come off the bench, Kieran Bourne made impact again. We'd be talking about Dan at the talking points. Jerry Malone from Cooley made another uh, second uh, loud appearance. Sean Healy coming back in the reckoning, he came off for his club mate Clutterbuck. And Jack Murphy made his league debut as well off the bench. Um, that's that's a rising tally as well <coughs> in terms of debuts this season. I think it's just yeah. I don't think he no. I don't, he definitely didn't play um, league minutes before. So big day for him. He come on right at the end for Tommy Dornan. But the game started in kind of you know it was it was a case of Antwerp were very lax, and we were nearly weren't expecting this laxness. We haven't played against a lax team really. Um, you know, since since Leash even the first time first the first day out in RD. But uh, Murray Ryan Murray gets the early start for them. But then we were like dominant. We were all over them. We got a couple of goal chances early off of Sam. Um Darren McConnell then gets a point a shot of his straightens up and it's one all. 
and uh, we continue to dominate Tommy Doran strides forward he kicks over a great score from distance um, Sam Mulroy then gets a free a bit of a gimme puts us 3-1 ahead and then uh, Antrim come back before the quarter hour mark Conor Murray gets a point it was wide it was a foot wide and it's lucky that it wasn't uh, a tight game or anything down the stretch because uh, <coughs> mile wide uh, in the bottom in the field end the warm up field end of RD and then Rory McCann um, he, he stroked over a lovely free we got the matchups right on the my team as well which we talk about during the week you should really sign up and listen to that if you haven't already we had Dan Corcoran on Tomas McCann that worked out uh, McKenney on Eastwood that really worked out we're talking about Dan in the uh, talking about Rory McCann although where number 11 was playing inside as kind of a marauding sort of a player um, <coughs> a deep player and then obviously we had um, Lenny Gray picking up um, who did Lenny Gray picking up I'm trying to find the, the half forward line but Sharkers had the half on uh, it was Mark Jordan this week maybe just tried to see a midfield and put him on the 40 but no bother to run Niall Sharkey <coughs> and then on the other wing was uh, Colin McKeever picking up Ryan uh, Murray who's not on the wing who's not on the wing I have him in front of me the other wing for Antrim was um, I don't know Ryan Murray Mark Jordan Rory McCann Tomas McCann Conor Murray and Ordon Eastwood yeah so that, that's the way they kind of went yeah Conor Murray kind of played full forward and it worked out then for Bevan to pick him up and then Rory McCann was on the wing where number uh, where number uh, 14 yeah that's the way it worked out yeah so that that suited uh, Leonard Gray as well because he c- completely snuffed him out of the game Um, very little to do uh, right so where where were we yeah so level 3 all and like how do you take a right easy? We should be should be further ahead here. And then McConnell gets a mark, a really class mark. He took it so well. Like playing on his home turf in RD, yeah, it was just it was just a brilliant mark and um he's having a great bit of bit of form as well, McConnell, <coughs> considering it's his first season. I know he's been in and around the panels for years but haven't hasn't got that run at it and he has now and he's he's making it making it worthwhile. And then Sam nails three scores in a row, a free he holds off his marker, Ricky Johnson, to score. That puts a 6-3 ahead, double scores. Then he spins over a 45. This is probably toward 45 in a row. And then after holding Antrim off for 20 minutes to score, and Ryan Murray gets a free to, to make it a 7-4 going in a half time. Um, we're comfortable, well in command. Should be four, should have been further ahead. Um, and then straight away in the second half, Sam makes a double scores again with a free. Demos McCann gets a point in the score, point in the run after Mark, uh, Mark Jordan gets a, makes a good run um, on the 40. Um, Mark with a C. He flicks it back and now it made 8 5. Then Sam gets two more frees to make a double score again, 10 5 in the 46 minute. <coughs> and you're kind of thinking, like, we're coasting this. 10 5 easy. Then out of nothing, Demos McCann, uh, relatively quiet, really. Uh, so I was actually saying at the time that he, you know you, if you're an Antrim manager there taking them over you'd be looking at the McCanns and maybe rejigging them and maybe phasing them out of the team more so than having them a prominent role he whips the ball across the goal in mouth anyway like a real like 
like a soccer cross on the 14 yard line parallel across it it wasn't like a diagonal ball or a looping ball or a long way in and McAleese he played in the 40 against Longford he went back to half back there McAleese and he punches the ball comes right back across it wrong foots um, James Calliff and it bounces into net that makes it 10 to 1 5 Sam responds with a free as he always does but it's 11 to 1 5 ahead but then Ryan Murray gets a point in space and how he's left unmarked and then Colin Murray gets another one to leave a point in it that was a really good score to be fair to him that's 11 to 1 7 down to a point and you think oh Jesus right then Casey goes on a run after uh, yeah he didn't lay one off before and he goes on a run along the end line gets a shot half blocked down it loops and the ball spins and Sam is following it up like a poacher that he is and palms it into the net in the 64th minute one eleven to one seven. He adds a free to at that after that one twelve to one seven, and uh, they're going for goals towards the end of the game, and we're comfortably holding them off. And Tomas McCann maybe he's on about goal difference or score difference. Or something he strokes over the forty five at the end uh, for some bizarre reason instead of locking it in the box and maybe getting another goal, getting more point, three points out of it. But um, they win one twelve to one eight, and uh, Sam finished with one nine. And it was a really, just a really, really good performance. Really comfortable, a really lovely day in RD. Um, quite enjoyable day for a loud fan. Quite enjoyable day for myself. Quite enjoyable day for the players, I'd say. And uh, with hopefully more days to come. This is where you would hear from Mickey Hart, or a player, except we won't because of the GPA ban. Mickey continuing to row in behind the players. Um, but anyway, we will go now and get into the talking points. Not that many this week. Only 25. Only 25, she says. Um, yeah, only 25 because um, I went a, bit, a little bit mad last week and nearly lost my throat over it. There's my voice box. So yeah, twenty five and the first one and I wanna get it straight out there, it's uh the first talk point of the game was Colin McKeever. I suppose if you're gonna coin it and frame it as a talking point, it's just um the talk point was Colin McKeever was man of the match. People left the ground, left Ardy today, Parker were today saying Wow, what a performance Colin McKeever put in. He was everywhere. He was mopping up stuff. He was torn balls over. He was getting the f- bad books of the referee. He was getting the bad books of the opposition. He was driving us on. He was picking up kickouts. He was getting turnovers. He was scorching through players. He was winning frees. He was cutting through gaps. Everything you wanted Colin McKeever to do the whole time you've watched him play for loud, he did it. All in one package today. Maybe he should get a blue jersey on because he loves playing Lardy. He loved playing there the first day out. He loved playing there last couple of times he played. And he's played very well. Down there just it suits him. It opens up big wide pitch. And he's just exceptional the Klansman. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and a real reason why we're playing so well and why things are going so well for Lardy at the moment is down to Colin McKeever. He's worked really hard on his game. Obviously he's always worked hard in his game but it just shows like Mickey gets his hands on him Gavin Devlin as well must be said gets his hands on him and then adds that little more percentages like he did say before that he hopefully adds stuff that, that the, the, the stuff that these players weren't 
uh, exposed to. He ha- they have been exposed to, and he's really, really like he. He's really brought on Conal and made him a leader, and put a lot of responsibility on him. And obviously, Conal is old enough and mature enough and taking it on long enough to actually go with that. Like he's a big part of our kickouts. <coughs> he's a big part of our our. Uh, play in terms of he goes half back or he goes half forward he's obviously doing there for a tactical reason to do a job he does that um, he's a, he's very vocal he's getting all the players all around him he's organising the whole thing he wins crucial frees he, he's sensing the moment now as well and the game's opening up in front of him he's peaking in the right time of his career and it's just brilliant all this has come together at the right time right stage in his career and it's just that's that's the number one talking point Colin McKeever man of the match well for me anyway um, no official crystal balls or crystal shapes were handed out on the day um, talking point number two right this is a funny one right should there be a bigger crowd there today I thought there, I thought there could have been more of a crowd. I don't know. Maybe it's perception. They expected to be a big crowd there today. Maybe there was it was a big crowd more than normal. It's just you expect it to be packed to the raft. You expect to see your final crowd there. Uh, well, I would anyway. That's the way, the way I am. But in in fairness to the crowd, it was vocal. It was getting on the referees' back. It was cheering. It was it was giving out. It was applauding at the right time. It was doing the right job. Um, especially when Sam gets that goal in the second half. It was a great roar in that kind of it's lovely echo. From I know from playing in Ardy in in games like that when the crowd when the stand is full, there's a great bounce and echo off that stand when it, when a score goes in if you're at that end of the field, um, yeah, well definitely that that that's what I think anyway, but um, yeah, those are the two talking points. If you want extra talking points, sign up now patreon.com forward slash loud and proud. You will not be disappointed and you get a load more hype ahead of this Wicklow game as well. We'll be going all in on Loud and Proud to get uh, get it up for it and get the matchups right, picking my team, getting the selection right, previewing it. I think hopefully I'll have Brendan Lawrence on from Wicklow People. So yeah, that has been the two talking points. Um, thanks very much for all those uh, listening and, and your uh, talking points also, which I'll get to now. Uh, yeah, so the, the people have sent in uh, Tommy Lauren, the best pair of hands in the county. Tommy man of the match. I'm going to give it to McKeever. McKeever and Sharkey's ball running outstanding work rate. That's a massive talk about. The work position of Darren Alley shouldn't be overlooked. No, it hasn't been. McKeever's transitions, yeah. The back six, yeah. Um, Tommy Dorn, another whore of a game. <laughs> Peach class again. Didn't fall apart in the middle of the tours. No, he didn't. Uh, Colin McKeever, criminally underrated. Not in these parts, I must say. But absolutely top class and key to his team, yeah. And then McKeever is God as the last one. So uh, thanks for sending your um, talking points. And now for something different. I was talking to Teresa Hannerty before the Loud Minor game loss in Stabannon. She's from Stabannon and she fills us in on their draw coming this weekend. Teresa, we're in the back room here of Stabannon after a tough minor game. We won't, we won't mention that. No. But... Uh, the club is really blossoming, like, apart from the, the pitch. You'll have to give me the secrets on how good the pitch is. Um, oh, I, I don't know who fertilised it. Or, or, I don't know or, if I could give them away now at all. That, I don't know if I'm allowed to give them secret, away. Yeah, that's the real secret, yeah. Hard-working lads. Um, credit, I guess, to Brendan McConnell and Brian Mathis, um, who keep the pitch in excellent condition. So 
really well maintained I guess put a lot of hours into maintaining it as well but yeah a lot of Even tender love and care there you know so, oh is that yeah. right that's right you can see the love yes the absolutely plant. yeah because you can see the Dublin lads come down today and they're like Jesus that pitch yeah. is just it's, yeah. it's a real player's pitch isn't it oh it is and so it is something that everybody in the club is very proud of and a lot of work does go into I suppose keeping it in the condition that it's in so yeah and any club that comes you know you do hear them saying that that the pitch is in brilliant condition and players love playing on it even players from around the county and you hear them young yeah. and older all saying that that they love playing it's 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 do you do you find it as well? You do you take great ownership, obviously, with your dad being your dad. You yeah, big part and. I suppose there's huge pride in being involved in the club. Like my dad was involved in it as chairman for for many years. Like um, and growing up, it was always part of what we did every Sunday. You were on the road to a football match, whether it be here or the older pitches, which I do remember, um, or going to watch um, Stavan and play in all all different forms you know all different teams as well too but yeah there's a huge sense of pride I suppose of being involved in a club like this do you feel pressure then Teresa do I feel pressure yeah well, pressure would you have to go into it and you have to no. go on the committee side no. of things no I don't Dan. no like I was playing for years I came back from college in Sligo like and uh, we were we started up the ladies football team had been started up previously before that with Anne okay. and Cathy Reynolds who put a huge amount of work in getting the ladies team up and running um, came back then and then I suppose it really blossomed um, over the I suppose into the late 90s and into the early 2000s the ladies team really came into its own in terms of winning the junior and the intermediate championship and I love playing and love being involved in it from that end of it and the best advice that we got on the ladies side of it was all those years ago as well from Joe McGee who again very big club man gave yeah. us one piece of advice right. and that was to set up a committee for the ladies side of it way back in uh, all those years when we did set it up and that was you know it really helped us go from strength to strength when we did that and set up a committee obviously now we're all integrated as one and it's one club but um, no I, I loved it and I loved being part of it and obviously there is that connection there with uh, Daddy being heavily involved in it as well previously as well Did he give you so. any tips oh he does always give me tips yeah I suppose my mother would have given me great tips as well too like to be to behave I suppose and just always yeah be listen to people I suppose and, and be nice as well too and then just take everybody's I suppose opinion on and then it, look at the end of the day it's a voluntary organisation and no one voice is bigger than the other I think everybody's voice has to be heard as well too and I think that's what works in this club and particularly in the last couple of years when that whole one club ethos was being driven from Crow Park, particularly yeah. from the ladies' side of it. Really, I suppose we all worked hard here in Stavannah to make that happen, and it has happened, and it works quite well. Was that hard? Look, was it hard integration? It probably or was it seamless. Or? It, I would have, I would say now looking back, and it probably seamless right. enough. But in fairness to the the people on the main committee down through the years, that always said, you know very supportive of the ladies' football team when they did start up, and all the young people that are playing now, like it's a great. Bunch, I suppose. Like a bridge that, like, is obviously the, the men's were winning mm. the championships, then the ladies yeah. were winning the championships. Yeah. So, you're used to success, yeah. and now it's. Yeah. Could you feel a momentum surge coming again? There is a surge coming again, I think, yeah, particularly on the. And it's look, it comes and swings and roundabouts, doesn't it? With all um, GAA clubs, and you all have great success, and then it sort of dies off for a couple of years as well, too. And I suppose we're. At this stage now, coming from the school, it's all boys that are coming out of the school. So there's a huge yeah. surge there coming with the men's football team. The ladies, not so much, but still yeah, there. Yeah, 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 we're sort of on the other side of that now in terms of amalgamating with, with other clubs um, to keep the underage structures going as well too. And look, it is definitely swings and roundabouts. When the ladies were winning back in, you know, coming into 1989 uh, and then coming into, or sorry, 1990, and the, the late 90s and yeah. then coming into 2000, um, 
when the ladies were winning, there was a huge surge of girls coming out from the school and sort of, I suppose, that really propelled the ladies' football team into senior. But now, having said that, there was seven or eight years there and I was there when we weren't winning anything, we went up to senior and we were being absolutely, you know, sent home, bags packing um, <laughs> from every club that we went to. But we stuck at it and, you know, then in 2009 came the success that we were all waiting for with the with the ladies team. And that again, like like what's happening now, I suppose, with the men, it brings momentum, brings players into the club as well too and gets, I suppose, a buzz going about the club. Sponsors, all of that come yeah. in and then there is momentum, for, I suppose, from within the club then for everybody to be successful. So you're well used to now feeling and sorting that sense of momentum coming like from the ladies we knocking on the door yeah so on, and yeah, and, yeah. And especially when like obviously you're the heart of like mid-loud here and yeah. rural ireland and the club is is more important mm. than anything yeah yeah oh it's massive massive and i think even during what has happened over the last two years of yeah, covid yeah, and lockdown yeah. What happened here in March, into March, April of, of 2020, like when lockdown happened, we've put a walkway in, in the club. And that has been a huge success in terms of bringing people that don't play football to the club and making them feel part of the club and part of the community, I guess. And the overall aim of that was to spread it wider than just people are playing football. That this facility is not just for people yeah, that play yeah. football. There's more um, to it and there's more that we have to offer. And it's been hugely successful in terms of getting um, a group called Stavannan Strollers up and running. Right. Um, albeit that we had to suspend that with COVID, yeah, but we're yeah. hoping to get that back up and running. And we ran a very successful Couch to 5K there just after yes. January. Yeah. Um, and we all took part in the Peter Fitzpatrick 5K at Edinburgh Dock at the end of February. That was the goal. But again, that brought more people into the club um, you have the likes of Gaelic for mothers and others that happened in recent years as well too and again just giving people somewhere to, to go and connect and the lights are on on the pitch um, once it gets dark they're on from you know there during the winter they're on at four o'clock in the evening and particularly like last year you've seen it was a huge I suppose place for people to gather during Covid when they couldn't go anywhere else and you had, outdoor, yeah, you had all ages young kids um teenagers older people coming up here in the evening and there was that sense of connection i suppose within the community then through the the walkway which was brilliant and you know you got to meet probably more people than maybe you would yeah. never have met yeah, yeah, and you know when yeah. the, the irony of covid as well too i guess yeah, as well too which is really interesting yeah yeah, yeah yeah and do you find that when you when you were playing were you kind of the, the leadership part of the team I was involved in the committee, yeah, yeah. I was like once I suppose when I came back from college in Sligo and we, we started up and we got that piece of advice from Joe McGee, um I was sort of to the fore in terms of getting oh, the committee right, set up. Right. Um and other people that we had, like there were brilliant people on those committees down through the years. You had likes of Marion Carney, you had Breda McGuinness, you had Peter and Meth Sweeney, like you know, Kathleen Campbell, Anne Lynch, raft of people. Uh, that came in from the community to help us really put structures in place. Um, so yeah, I was on the committee while I was playing as well. Um, that is difficult, so that is challenging. Yeah, I've seen yeah, both yeah, sides yeah. of it, yeah. And that is, I suppose you get to appreciate when you're on the committee, the, the work that goes into actually getting a team on the field. That's it's not I just... Love, Teresa. I'd love to say young fellas on, on my panel, or girls on my panel, or on the panel, you're yeah. trying, I see them were on the committee. Yeah. And they'll know them, yeah. they'll have a bit of energy yeah. there, and yeah. say, this is quite yeah. And we do try, we try like during that AGM, which you don't get many people coming no, to, but we yeah, do yeah, try and say it to some of the, the younger players, but maybe, you know, coming into the last couple of years of playing football, just come and see what the committee's about and not necessarily like, we don't want to say, put a huge burden on people, but at least if they come on the committee and they can no, see what's man. involved in getting footballs, getting jerseys, getting the first aid kit, getting physios, getting all of that. Yeah. Um, organised because yeah there's a lot of work and a lot of work here has gone on behind the scenes in the last couple of 
months, uh, particularly on the ladies' side of it, like in terms of getting managers, um, the amalgamations that we were looking at with different clubs to get our underage structures yeah, up and yeah. running and then get the kits organised. And it's, it's been, yeah, it's been quite busy for the last while. But yeah, I think when you go on the committee, you do see what's behind the scenes. It's not just running out onto no. that pitch with a ball. It's an awful lot more. Oh, great time. Yeah. Uh, speaking of you're getting busy, you have been busy. You're only going to be getting busier. Mm. Big week now yeah. ahead with the draw yeah. coming next yeah. weekend. Yeah. How's that been going for you, firstly? Been going good, um, Dan. Yeah, we launched it last August. Um, our winner wedding, our 20 grand, um, and the wedding prizes with Bellingham Castle. The prize is valid with Bellingham Castle up until December of 2025. So okay. it's a really good offer um, and a really good prize. And I suppose, look, for one lucky couple out there that could win the wedding of their dreams in Bellingham you Castle. Find that? You find there's loads of couples, like, not even uh, from all over, saying, yeah. look, who can win a wedding. Is, is there, is there yeah, it's mixed, I suppose. Look, to be fair, I suppose we taught the online would do an awful lot for us. But I, and I know, like, from not only ourselves, but other clubs would have been struggling maybe with the online sales because everybody's at it through covid you couldn't yeah. do fundraising so i suppose yeah. clubs are coming up with novel ideas to look at what they could do in terms of fundraising yeah, and hoping that your likes of advertising yeah, on social media yeah. would push and drive a lot of ticket sales um and i suppose like that hasn't happened in the way that we would have liked it to happen but we've had huge success then on the other side in terms of face-to-face sales knocking on door on doors which has been hugely successful over oh, yeah. the last like couple of weeks yeah yeah. The, yeah yeah like we've gone to my myself and my <laughs> friend Gronia Lynch is on the the committee the fundraising committee as well too like knocking on doors in Annie Gas and Andromiskin you know and okay we were telling us we're taking our life in our own hands going into these but um, it's brilliant <laughs> and people would say that was at the door but like they would come to us in when they're doing their fundraising and we'll yeah. support them so like and everybody's saying that you know we all the clubs and that's one good thing that you see around particularly loud as well they're buying tickets off you they'll, they know they can come back to you when they're doing their fundraiser and you'll, you'll support them and you'll buy a ticket with them is as that well a tip? So. is that a new way of selling now going back to old school door to door it is yeah it is we've, we've actually done interestingly enough yeah had had success with it over the last couple of weeks when we sort of picked you know Friday evening Saturday morning going out door to door and I suppose I picked uh, the sort of Annie Gasson area Dramiskin area because I, I have a sister living in Dramiskin people know me down there I went to school in Dunlear people are familiar with you in the Annie Gasson tour areas so a few people went to RD where maybe you're knocking on doors that people either know you or know yeah. the connection you have with the club or somebody involved in the club but um, mm. yeah it has worked for us for the last couple of weeks so, so is there any seller stories anyone that's caught the eye of any novel ways well, of yeah there was a couple there over the last couple of weeks and again look just to mention there is a, a committee within the club yeah that yeah. is looking after the fundraising initiative it's not just myself but you've got Gwanya Lynch on it you've got Mags Briscoe you've got um, Olivia Hickey Brendan McConnell Anthony Briscoe and Kira Brennan involved in this so I suppose it's a team effort within the club a subcommittee within the club but um, we had a brilliant idea over Christmas we had right. um, a local singer who sang a Christmas song for us and it was up on um, on Facebook and across all of our social media channels dressed up as Santa Claus as well too so that pushed online sales at sort of Christmas time as well too and then probably, like I said, going into the other GA club areas as well too, selling tickets as well was great. But the biggest success probably that we've had, and I don't know if you've seen it, at the St. Patrick's Day Parade. We had oh, our... In RD. In RD, oh, yeah. I was a, I was a well, you missed out on RD. You missed out on RD, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant footage, brilliant footage. But we had all our juveniles. The kids were marching in the parade. And as part of the parade as well, we had our juvenile chairman. Um, who very proud man out here today as well too Michael Reynolds his oh, son yeah. Alan was yeah, captain yeah, with the yeah, loud yeah, team yeah. today as well so Michael was dressed up as a bride 
and walked up the town of RD and we had the wedding car with him as well too and the groom sat in the, wed- in the wedding car but Michael donned the wedding dress and the Stabannon colours and the flowers oh, and the whole lot and walked up the street of RD to encourage people to buy tickets and that sort of brought a bit of momentum to it as well in RD on the day as well selling tickets so I'm raging I went to Broadway now. Oh, I was supposed to go to RD we'll you missed it you missed it I'll send you the pictures and for anyone that wants to see them they're on our Facebook page you can go and look at Stabannon Parnell's GFC Facebook page yeah and what I think your main success is is that alleyway when they walk in. Yes. Yeah. It's, like, it's like you're going to be absolutely <laughs> marauded. Yes. Yeah. It's like yeah. after a nightclub or years yeah. ago, you're just waiting at the end of the lane. There's no, there's no getting away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And look, that has that has worked, and we've had, I suppose, since last September as well too. There's been numerous matches here yeah, held yeah, in. Yeah. Stavan and we're fortunate that the county board do um, host a lot of the, the matches here as well too and that brought us a lot of ticket sales over the last couple of months as well too yeah and you're right you say come to the top of that avenue there will be somebody there yes. to greet you and meet you and yes. tell you about the <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to tell you about the draw and maybe sell you a ticket as well but yeah all this work is a doing and there's a momentum growing on the bitch and he's off the the walk or whatever whatever what is the what is the money going towards is there is there a target or is there anything like Look, overall, I suppose like a, a club like this is probably co- is continually developing, yeah. continually developing. I suppose the the um, the grounds that we have, the facilities that we have to offer the players that are coming through, and I suppose particularly like I've hung up my boots a couple of years ago. Um, I'll get but, to that now. Yeah, <laughs> particularly to offer the younger players that are coming through, um, facilities that they want, and look possibly look at setting up um, a gym. Okay. Um, also working on the car park out here as well too, but continually developing the grounds, um, the facilities that we have here. We're sitting here in the kitchen but to upgrade that as well too and to make it I suppose more of a, a community based um, okay. facility as well too that groups within the community like your tidy towns like your markers can come and use the facilities as they're available to them in the in the evenings or during the day as well but I guess to improve the facilities that are there for the players at the and moment the would be the key area, thing and then the whole area yeah, yeah. yeah and I think once you know when you facilities like that it sort of spins off into the wider community as well like our walkway and brings more people in that are just not maybe within the the football or just don't play football but there's something here for them to, yeah. to avail of as well so yeah overall general term on it would be club development but um, one of the aims at the minute is to look at gym facility um, and then just upgrading our meeting rooms that we have as well too and um, the car park as well outside here and Camille you mentioned your playing days yes um, and I always I ask everyone who was on the podcast yeah who's their favourite I actually texted you earlier and bust yes. up the question bust yeah. up my own question and then, who, who was your favourite player to play with down the years? I think you had a lot of... Not yeah. necessarily the best player. Yeah, I had a lot of players that I played with over the, the years. Um, and I hung up my boots in 2009, unfortunately. I wasn't one of those that grabbed the senior men. Oh, I just hung them up that year when they won. But uh, my sister was playing, um, Katrina was playing at the time. But I suppose if I was to look back at it overall, I played cornerback. Um, and the, my, but the best player that I had on the pitch at that time was Andrea Carney who played full-back, yeah, and I suppose yeah. it was because it's, we played well together. I knew where she was, she knew where I yes, was. She yeah. always had my back, and I had her back as well, too. Now, Andrea is still playing. I seen her training out here last night with the with the ladies' team. She's a lot younger than I am, but um, she was... 
probably the best player that I did play with. Now, lots of them across the pitch and across the years as well, too, were are excellent players and are still out there as well, too. But I suppose from a, a playing perspective, favorite, yeah. you had a good relationship there with her as well, too. Yeah, so it was, um, Andrea Carney, I'd have to give her that shout out. So, so you got, if you just get by Andrea, you'd have yourself coming in behind, and then if she, if yes. she past you, yeah, Andrea, yeah, there, yeah, yeah, and good communication, I suppose, as well, too, was key there as well, too. Mm-hmm. She knew where I was, I covered yeah. for her, she covered for me as well. So, yeah, and then look, I wouldn't, I'd be remiss of me, I suppose, not to give a shout out to one of the players that um, I think everybody loved playing with her, um, and that is Nicola Barry, who unfortunately oh, yeah. lost her battle with um, cancer seven years ago. And Nicola was our goalie, and a bit like, I suppose, Andrea as well, too. There was three or four of us there as well, the yeah, yeah, that really had a good playing relationship, I suppose, in terms of talking to each other, communicating with each other, and making sure where we were. But yeah, unfortunately. Um, Nicola lost that battle but we honour Nicola every year with the Nicola Barry Memorial Tournament and we're hoping to bring that back this year we obviously couldn't do it for the last two years of Covid you mentioned Nicola even it's been a tough couple of weeks for for Stabana yes yeah yeah it has been yeah unfortunately and look at over the last couple of um, weeks there's been a lot of I suppose sadness within the community and it's not taken away from the sadness, but it's good to see days like today and, you know, a facility like this and people can come together and, you know, chat and meet each other because through COVID we couldn't do that. But yeah, and look at to the families of PJ Matthews, Colin mm. Quinn and Danny Connicky, like it, it's, we are all, I suppose, thinking of them and remembering them, I suppose, every time we come into this pitch in the community as well too. And we, you know, just to give a hello to them as part of this podcast today and to let them know that they are always in the thoughts of the, the club but yeah huge losses across the club and the community over the last couple Absolutely. of weeks and then, and then I suppose with this weekend it's something to look forward to mm. and he's always had that maybe to pull those families through as well yeah, yeah. What, what are you doing anything on the day we're hoping to do the draw we'll probably do it here from the club rooms and right. um, we're doing it at eight o'clock on the 27th of, of march so we'll we'll be here with the um, chairperson brendan mcconnell treasurer tom callaghan and yeah. then the fundraising committee as well so yeah. yeah we may or may not get into bellingham castle to do it but we, we'll let you know if we it's do right. that as well we'll try anyway yeah and then we'll share it on our on our social media yeah, channels I'll, I'll and afterwards so as well too perfect yeah yeah, yeah like last stuff. few tickets going i suppose at the minute yeah 20 euro and Second prize, three and a half thousand, and third prize then is 1500. And then also important to note as well, too, as part of the fundraiser, we're also making a donation to the RD and District Cancer Support oh, Group. Um, and they're a group that are looking to set up a facility um, like the Gary Kelly Centre in Drogheda. Um, it's headed up by uh, Joan McCusker, and they uh, look at, I suppose, to set up a facility for the people of Midloud who have been affected by cancer and families. And look at, unfortunately, there's probably not one of us that are listening to this podcast that in some shape or form have not been affected by or impacted by cancer, either in your close family circle or your wider family circle as well. So that would be a great facility to have, I think. And we're delighted to be able to support that charity well, as part yeah. of the fundraiser as well. We've made a donation of €2,000 already to them. And depending on how ticket sales go by the end of next week, we will make a further donation um, to that group as well too. But again, keep looking out for them. They're on Facebook as well too. And maybe give them a shout out if they're looking for support over charity events over the next couple of weeks as well too. So yeah, we're delighted to be able to do that. You said the bib on. Instead of the bib on, yeah. I'll keep this on. If you go missing, if you go missing, Dan. Yeah, I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing to keep the bib. If you have it, you'll always get a job. But anyway, it's always look important, yeah. Thanks very much. Brilliant. Thanks a million. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, lovely chat with Teresa. If you have... 
your club is something on that you'd like promoted uh, more than welcome and happy to have people on to have a chat like that and promote the thing as well at the same time so yeah do send them in um, it was a tough day for the loud miners yesterday look I don't really want to um, I don't I don't want to nearly talk about the game in the sense of the players like obviously they're, I guarantee you they're down after that game and like you know they shouldn't be just hold their heads up high they represented their county wasn't the day for them, didn't go rightly for them. But still, it's it's always a proud day you represent your county. Just, oh, I suppose, where do you start with, with, with the way things were handled and the way it worked out for them? Um, they have a chance, though, two weeks' time to play at Westmead and put that right and then they have another game as well against Leash, I think. So they have they have more games to get, to get back on the horse, you know, and just go for it and uh, not, not sign off on that. But credit to them for going down to Darwin, putting in work and getting there and representing their county. And I guarantee you there'll be lads off that team will make it down the line, maybe more so than other teams. Um, they'll work hard at it. They, they'll come through that adversity. Look, a bit of adversity for young fellas is sometimes good. And hopefully that's the most adversity you're going to get playing Dublin at home. Um, with a suffering at the end of a big scoreline so hopefully yeah, keep the head up lads and we'll be following you now next week two weeks time against Westmead I think it'll probably be in Mullingar it's a nice pitch to look forward to and playing on the county grounds down there in Westmead also a tough loss for the Camogie and then the late Horlers loss as well but the way results went and that Warwickshire draw meant that they were safe and sound in the Division 3A next season now they can get focused on the Laurie Maher Cup, which we'll be covering here, and hopefully they do the business there and make up for that kind of wonky league season and push on and win that competition um, again, which I, I have no doubt they will, they will because they have great talent in that in that group. And they were leading at half-time against Tyrone, much fancy Tyrone side as well. But um, yeah, that's it. That's all for episode 189. Thanks very much. Please do sign up if you haven't already to listen to the rest of those extra talking points. Really worth your while, and we get hyped up again for this Wicklow game. I've given you all the permutations, now we just have to go out and do it. How will we do it? We'll talk about that um, during the week with someone from Wicklow, probably Brendan Lawrence from the Wicklow people. And then I'll be giving my team maybe loads of other bits as well um, included. Sheila Cup as well is really up and running too. The quarterfinals have been, or the quarterfinals were on today. Um, and it sees, and they're on Saturday night as well. So the next weekend... Uh, what are the fixtures the fixtures are Matok play the Moctas and the Blues play the Dreadnoughts in the semi-final of the Sheelan Cup um, then I think it's Dunlear and it's Len Emmett's in the uh, in the Sheila, in the Kevin Mullen Shield is that right yeah and who's the other team left in that it's Glyde I think is it Glyde is it let me check uh, my memory bank it is yeah Clyde and the Percy I was right about Clyde anyway so that'll be I don't know whether they'll be played on Sunday now they'll probably fix them back for Saturday Um, hopefully they do and give uh, people the best chance of going to uh, going to that game then in Ockram leave everything standalone fixture then and then obviously the the shield and the plate I think they'll all be played during the week as well and uh, played ahead of next Saturday also um, but that's that's quarter final stages of the the shield, and I think Ardee to win the clans of the win, Kilcarly to win the brides beat the Irelanders, the Feckins beat the Kevins, the Manleys beat the Gales, um, 
the Pats as well I think are in there too uh, having won during the week so yeah look loads happening loads happening across the board look we'll be talking about club football when the league gets going the league all about show and all that uh, a couple of things planned for that as well so yeah on a day the leg got promotion thanks very much for listening no, sorry we didn't get promoted yet I keep doing that we're, we're one foot into promotion I get, I'm too excited here but um, I think we just have to stay focused I have to stay focused and get ready for this big game in this week. I'll be doing my best to prepare us and get the, the podcast out there please do sign up um, thanks very much for listening well done loud let's drive it home next week um, I'll talk to you during the week and if not I'll talk to you again next Sunday after um, the game in Auckland good luck bye bye and thank you very much for listening episode 189 of the Loud and Proud podcast Ah, the song, I'm feeling it, I, fe- I was definitely feeling it today, nearly too much, but yeah, that's the tune anyway, I'm going to play you out with that one. Good luck, bye-bye. I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it.